Wahoo! And we're live! Is that how the show's starting? <laughs> Welcome, hello everyone, to episode 85 of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat, just a fact. My name is Jeremy Porkin, Matt, Scott Matt, as you may know me. And I'm Sarah, a.k.a. Albert Berninko, Donko, Sentino, Dave, McKenna, Kelsey, McKinney, Geary, Nathan, Louis Pius, Pumar, Patrick, Redford, Lauren, Thiessen, Chris Thompson, Laura Wagner, Matrei, Anantha, Raman, Gabe Fernandez, Kiran, Chitan, Visanders, Kapoor. Do you get it? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> the joke is that I was, the, the joke for anyone who does not, like, it's stupid and I came up with it the last possible second. That's just me reading off the, the names of dead spin uh, writers and employees, but to the tune of leak spin. <laughs> <laughs> That's niche. <laughs> someone just, <laughs> someone was listening live and they left after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, uh, rest in peace, Deadspin. Yeah, uh, rest in peace, Deadspin. Fucking, uh, earlier this year purchased by, uh, I don't remember what the media conglomerate was, and I'm not gonna dignify them by saying their name, but the comp, they, they, the, 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 the way this is written in our show notes is the murder of Deadspin by the, by the herb Jim Spanfeller, who I've been receiving repeated reports of. He is a herb. I know he is a herb. And in this uh, situation, uh, a herb is, is what? Like an, like an herb. Just like, the, there was, sorry, there was a, you must have missed it. There was an article going around that was by one of the now former writers at Deadspin that was just titled uh-huh. Jim Spanfeller is an herb. And then there were just like pictures of herbs <laughs> and pictures of Jim Spanfeller saying, this guy just looks like a fucking herb. I'm looking at the guy now and I was about to say, yeah, he looks, he looks like a herb, all right. Yeah, uh, but this this entire thing like fucking imploded because uh, uh, la- was it this week? I-, I can't remember if it was like late last week or early this week that um, every uh, uh, Go Media, which is like the what what became of Gawker that that whole conglomerate, like you know Deadspin, mm-hmm. Kotaku, the Concourse, uh, Gizmodo, Jezebel. Etc. Etc. Uh, all yeah. of them put up uh, the same article that was titled "A Note to Our Readers," and it was about uh, auto shitty autoplay ads that were uh, shoved into pretty much every article on the entire Geo Media uh, uh, network. And yeah, uh, so all they the they all every one of the publications put up that article, and within a day, uh, those articles were all taken down by management. Uh, and Geo issued a, like, they had already been pretty leaning on stick to sports, but they, like, made it pretty explicitly, they, they explicitly said, fucking stick to sports, 
And when there was pushback by, um, oh, what was his name? I'm sorry. Uh, was it Barry Pachetsky? It was, in fact, Barry Pachetsky. It was one of the names that I sang at the top of the episode. <laughs> uh, Barry Pachetsky announced on Twitter that he was fired by Geo Media for not sticking to sports. Uh, and in following, every single writer and editor at Deadspin has left their post, has uh, yeah. resigned from their position. Um, and... Deadspin is, I mean, there's still people on the staff, and I want to say real quick, because I feel like there's been a couple people who have not been about, who have been, like, bashing on them, it's, there is a point, there, you know, there is some people who cannot afford to do this, like, realistically, like, and there are some people who are taking, who are doing, who are stepping away from their jobs, knowing that they cannot afford it, and I just ask that we do not, like, bash on the people who can't who like are have who have no choice but to stay doing whatever they're doing over at geo media yeah. uh because the walkout the 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 mass resignation has only been under deadspin not under the rest of the av the the rest of the uh the rest of the geo media umbrella but this is still a very like ongoing story that will probably you know unravel yeah. yeah this is this is definitely not the last we're hearing of it like Kotaku, uh, Jason Schreier uh, of Kotaku is very, was very, is very, I mean, the entire, like, geo media, everyone under that umbrella has been extremely vocal about how much this fucking sucks. And of course, across the media landscape, everyone's been in their favor. You know, people under Verge, people under Vox, people under Vice, uh, yeah. the, the whole, the whole three V's of media. And it's been a unifying force. And I, you know, these are good people and they should land on their feet. And Geo is trying to take a very, uh, shall we say, dumb as fuck uh, uh, stance on this entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see their letter? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, there. here comes a statement. In September, unsurprisingly, 24 of the top 25 stories on Deadspin were sports-related, while non-sports content accounted for less than 1% of, page, of the page views on the site. Given those facts, we simply believe it makes sense to focus attention and resources on even more sports coverage to serve our readers what they want. While amusing, our readers haven't actually come to Deadspin for stories like Classic Rock, Ranked, or You're Goddamn Right It's Layering Season, or It's Okay to Log Off. Sports touches nearly every aspect of life. Our writers have a free hand to cover the intersection of sports and politics, sports and pop culture, sports and business, or frankly just about any topic even tangentially related to sports. So... A of all, the fact that they're pulling from September is, uh, that's some weighted data because September is a heavy sports season. We had yeah. the, we had the, um, I, I can't remember if we were in the playoffs yet for baseball, but we were either in the playoffs or leading up to the playoffs. Um, football season was kicking off. Um, basketball season was on the horizon. I Hockey might have been wrapping up a little bit before then, so that that might not be it, but I digress because I have no sense of time. Uh, but also funny about that, one of the articles that he lists as a as an example of a non-sports article is, you're goddamn right it's layering season, which if you read the article past the first four or five paragraphs, you'll notice that it is actually just an entire, like, uh, just a football rundown. Like, it opens yeah. with a, th- it, like, it opens with just, like, a couple, like, a, a, a few paragraphs about, like, yeah, it's layering season. Fuck yeah, dude. I love this shit. And then it's, like... Uh, and a, a match by match breakdown of every single matchup in the NFL that week. Like it is a, it was yeah. one of their, it's their weekly football column uh, showing which, uh, which is evidence of what we all already knew, which is that Deadspin's management does not fucking like know what their website does. Yeah. 
if you want to, if you want a really good breakdown of this, I really recommend the Deadspin article, "The Adults in the Room." I know it's been linked endlessly for the last couple of days, but you know, I'll just okay. shout it out again. It's a good article. Um, it's just unbelievably frustrating because, like, regardless of how you how you run a website, like if you have good writers, let them fucking write. Like, yeah. just that that there's no ambiguity about like that. Like, if if you have the talent, let your talent like do whatever i don't know it's just so uh well it it goes without saying it's super nefarious and like just so paternal and it's a little bit do you remember a couple of years ago when the onion got bought over by it was like a company that was one of hillary clinton's biggest donors and kind of everyone rolled their eyes a little bit and was like well there's going to be like a lot of like pro hillary stuff on here now or like hillary is going to get a easy ride and I feel like this is the most extreme, like, dramatic version of that worry borne out, basically. Yeah. Of, like, completely unrelated, like, big money, uh, like, huge, you know, these big acquisition companies taking over media companies and then being really paternal and just gross. Yeah, it. this, they're, it, they're just running it in, they're just, they buy the money, they, they, you know, they they buy it, they milk it for all it's worth, and then they just throw the the the, desic- the desiccated corpse off to the side, and then yeah. that's business. And Jim Spanafeller is not gonna Jim Spanafeller is not gonna take a hit on this. Like Jim Spanafeller is gonna probably, uh, like I, I don't think he will be that far in the red off of this, which is really yeah frustrating. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, I don't know what more you can say other than eat some millionaires, billionaires. Just eat them. Let's yep. can we eat them? Yeah. Can they, we they eat have, them already? They have, they have our best. They have our best interests at heart. Picture me slamming my fork and knife on the table and saying, "I need rich people." That's that's me right now. It's what it's, uh, it's what we it's what we as a society it's what we we live in a society and we need we we need that we need it we gotta have it we gotta get it gotta make it come. gotta get it yep so this is a news story that came out uh shortly after we recorded last week so we didn't get this is a little bit dated but i wanted to talk about it because it has made me extremely mad and sad yeah um so this is the this and this this story is kind of is extremely depressing um in the grand scheme of things it is a pretty small scale but it's very representative of what the right is what the right is. I mean, as if we didn't already know, but I digress. So this is, this is about Luna Younger, who is a seven year old kid. She is a trans girl, just seven years old has decided I want, she wants to wear girl clothes. She wants to be referred to as Luna. Um, and her parents were divorced in 2016. The parents are Jeffrey Younger and, and Georgilis. Uh, I'm Georgilis. I can never, I can never remember how to pronounce Greek anything. Um, the mom, Anne, is completely supportive of the kid, and the dad is virulently transphobic, refuses to fer- refer to her with the correct name and pronouns, uh, like, dresses her up as a boy and posts videos to the website, which is saveddeadname, and I'm not gonna re- I'm not gonna repeat it, it's, it's saveddeadname.com. Um, he posts videos of, of his daughter in boys' clothes and says, see, she loves it. I mean, I, I'm obviously changing every instance of pronouns and names to be the correct ones because Jeffrey Younger is not properly gendering his child. Um, yeah. 
And uh, in 2018, a judge even ordered the parents to treat her as she had previously presented in school, which was as Luna with she, her pronouns. Um, and then early last week, the judge or uh, uh, the court says the mom gets full custody of the kid and they do not have to go back and forth. And then the Texas conservatives get their claws into it. Uh, the governor, Greg Abbott, started it. Uh, and I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna find the tweet real quick because it is... We don't have to read it, I don't think. Yeah, okay, it was just the, he dead named the kid in the tweet, like, um, Greg Abbott gets into it, uh, the Attorney General, Ken Paxton, Ted Cruz, and Dan Crenshaw, they all latch onto this thing with t- mm-hmm. a, frankly, terrifying ferocity, and they are just spewing propaganda each and every which way about the entire fucking thing. It's, you know, there was just so much talk of, like, mutilating children and irreversible procedures. And, Matt, I want you to take a guess as to what the, what a transition, what transition looks like for a seven-year-old. What, what, kind, what kind of procedures and processes do you think have to, under, have to happen for a seven-year-old to transition? Uh, nothing, I think. Yeah, that's, you're correct. You know, what happens is the, the, the process is talk to the teacher and new wardrobe. And you didn't. Yeah. That's it. There is literally if 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 Luna Luna would not. I, I don't like. I, I doubt this would happen. But if Luna tomorrow just woke up and said, "Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I'm not actually trans. I was just trying a thing." It's done. It's it's it's. You just keep, make sure you're hanging on to those receipts. I guess for the clothes, if you got to take them back. Like that's it. That's literally the yeah. entire fucking thing. And they are just latching onto it, and it is terrifying they they got their claws in so deep that they got the they 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 got in, uh the the dad went in for an appeal and the court reversed the ruling uh, about three days after the original one was handed down and they are given joint custody which means the dad gets a say in medical decisions and such um yeah uh, i just, feel so fucking bad for this kid this i feel like i i feel like i'm flying into a tirade like this every single time that i'm on but it's just i just Fucking, you gotta it's let farcical. Kids, it's you gotta let the kids be kids. No doctor in this entire continent would like do any kind. Like, do you have any idea how hard it is to get GRS? Like, as an yeah. as a consenting adult, do you have any idea what I have to go through to get pussy surgery as an adult? And do you think just some fucking doctor out there is gonna willy nilly say, "Oh yeah, I'll ch- I'll chop up your kid"? That's not what's happening. Like, it's it's a total. Uh, moral like proper uh biblical moral panic it's so um it's so blown out of proportion that like if if anyone i don't know it's just the fact that people can't just look at that and go that's obviously bullshit that they're saying that like and that it people should just be telling them all of this is a lie like all of the the panic of this is a lie but instead it kind of it becomes about a legal ch- oh, I'm, I'm yeah. not really um, getting to a, a good point here, but... No, it's... There, it's just not a, a farce. It's just a it farce. Is. There's not a good point to land at here. It's just, this poor fucking kid is going to have to get... Is gonna have, like, I I will not name names or anything, but I know... Um, I have a friend who has a child, and they have... Uh, they Their partner has joint custody of the child, and their partner's ex-husband is like virulently racist and like bigoted and like that that fucks these kids that fucks kids up like this kid is a little bit younger than than luna younger is this kid's like yeah. but like it 
the amount of influence that a that a a, a bad I don't know I I I feel like I'm just kind of stating the obvious here, but it's just the amount of influence that. Ugh. There's just it's just like there's there's can be so much trauma in a kid's life um, before kids can even start thinking about their gender and start approaching things like that that like why would you ever just want to add to the trauma of a of a child like no good will ever come of like it's the idea of like social workers ripping kids out of their parents arms like yeah that's a moral panic like nobody does that because nobody wants to inflict trauma on kids and then what happens is it just gets picked up by like a 24-hour news cycle type of thing republicans latch on to it and turn it into not just like a trauma for a seven-year-old kid, but like a trauma for like everyone involved, uh, like trans people who have to observe this. Like it's horrific. It's yeah, so disconnected from the way people should behave with other people, and it's like it's such a disconnect between like the people trying to score political points and the actual child. Yeah, the actual child, like the kid. Like, this is such, this is, I like, this is both hypocrisy baiting and the very we live in a society sentiment. But, like, there are so, 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 so many evidenced cases of trans children, eat like, dying by suicide or, like, harming themselves in some way, shape, or form because their family explicitly refused to refer to them as the correct gender. They refuse. Yeah. There is, there are so many trans people out there who are, who, who are told by their parents, you are cis. And yet everyone seems to latch onto this idea of the, the, the trans obsessive parents who force. Yeah. Transgenderism on their children's. Like I. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't there. know where that comes... I'm sure I do know where it comes from. I just... I cannot understand how people can believe that when there is so much evidence going the other direction that they don't give a shit about. Yeah. It's just... It's just... Um, it's... Yeah. Uh, the... I, I don't know how be- more... Like, what more is there to say other than the fact that, like, uh news reporting and like political accountability yeah needs to be a lot lot better like it just shouldn't it shouldn't be legal for like representatives senators to get involved in this sort of stuff like i understand why and i understand that like maybe historically that there's been a situation where uh senators have had to maybe intervene on a legal case that isn't going right for people um but like but this is this is a this custody is a, battle. This is a this is a custody. This is custody. It's like televised, you know, televised uh, committee hearings and stuff like that. I feel like it's like in in the name of accountability, it should be the right thing, but instead it becomes an opportunity to spin and an opportunity yeah. to. And I mean that's the that's the right play that's the right playbook. And you know, I guess. Uh, and the end of the story is just I feel so so fucking bad for Luna Younger. Um, yeah, I just that poor fucking kid. And I she is so goddamn strong. And I yeah. hope that she can get out from under her dad in some way, shape, or form. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay, let's um, let's talk about uh, the Keystone Pipeline. I guess onto something else. Yeah. Wonderful. This one is not one that I have too many details on because this is like a pretty recent story at time of recording. Okay. 
So uh, we will just sort of touch on it for a moment. Yeah, we'll just touch on this one real quick because we need a we need a something in the hot we need a quick hot spot to get us out of that doldrum. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the hot spot here is that the Keystone's pipeline spilled uh, 1.4 million liters, uh, which translates to about 9,000 barrels of oil. Uh, so the protesters were right. As always, um, the Keystone Pipeline was not was a horrible danger, but people got to make money off it, and now the oil spilled, and they get to go oopsies, like and move on. Yep. Like yeah. What? Remember Deepwater Horizon? Do you remember that the Deepwater Horizon? Yeah. The was that a fictional movie or was it based on a true story? Oh, that was a fictional. That that, that was a real thing. That that was the BP uh, oil spill. Okay. Uh, from yeah, like, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg only stars in real in real stories. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why uh, you know a couple years ago when, uh, would have been about uh, maybe fifteen or so. About fifteen years ago, when we lost uh, about a third of our population to mass suicides induced by plant life. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That that's what the ha- that's what that one was all about. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Was remember tragic. that. <laughs> But anyways, do you remember, yeah, I, I only bring up the Deepwater Horizon because you can just fucking, you can just cause one of the biggest oil, you can just cause oil catastrophes, just massive pollutions, and it just doesn't fucking matter. People will, people will lampoon you in the news for a little bit, and you will get made fun of, and Mark Wahlberg will star in a movie about how shitty you are a couple years later, but like... BP is still. It doesn't do anything. BP is still like. BP still has like good stocks. BP is still like worth investing in. BP is still making money hand over fist. You know, I'm beginning to think whoever tries people for crimes against humanity is probably not very good at it. No, no. Um, But this is about the Keystone stuff. Have you seen that? Just, yeah. The the Keystone stuff. um, And I know that. uh, up uh, north, north of the border, uh, Justin Trudeau has been pretty vocal about his Trans Mountain pipeline in the aftermath yeah. of the election. After kind of staying silent about it because he knew he knows that his voters do not like it. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering if he's gonna keep talking about it like this didn't just happen. Like there isn't a pipeline that leads from that that goes from Calgary can that goes from Calgary into the U.S. that just had this massive spill. And yeah, I wonder. Uh, I- I think he will, and I don't think anyone will call him out for it, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to be like, hey, no, uh, we're, that, oh, don't worry about that. No, we'll be fine. Yeah, and, that was uh, just a, that was just a fluke. We'll be fine. My one is much better. Yeah. I built Mine, it with my own hands. Yep. Mine's got cool racing stripes on the side. <laughs> it's got flame decals. Mine, mine has a rainbow flag on it. Mine has a Hot Wheels track on top of it that can go all the way across the country. Uh, what a what a wonderful world! Yeah. Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Google bought Fitbit. Huh? You know Fitbit? Yeah, I didn't hear you. Sorry, you cut out a tiny bit. Google Google bought Fitbit. Oh, great! Of course. Yeah. Of course they did. Yep. Um, what? Shay, is that literally breaking news? Uh, yeah, as of like, as of like four hours ago. Oh, Um, shit. And, uh, there, you know, I gotta say, there's, uh, Google Voice, my statement, Fitbit health and wellness data will not be used for Google ads, is drawing a lot of questions that are already answered by my statement. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, I was, I was, I was trying to formulate a look on the bright side, and um, I guess the the bright side is we can start calling it shit bit to absolutely everyone. Nice. the the bright The bright side is that I had never gotten around to replacing my broken Fitbit from a year ago, so I don't have to spend those eighty bucks. Um, I yeah, yeah. I, I used to be a pretty devo. I used to be pretty devoted to my Fitbit, and then I broke my foot and I stopped wearing my Fitbit because it would buzz at me every hour to go to tell me to go take two hundred and fifty steps, which was kind of <laughs> hard to do when I only had like one and three quarters of a leg. Pick a moment, Fitbit. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just kind of let the battery drain out, and it ha- it doesn't turn on anymore. So I think it might just stay off. Sure. Yeah. Uh. Well. <sighs> Uh, well, the the good thing is they don't. Google don't have anything on you now. A year later, they've got nothing. Yeah, no. Google Google ain't got shit. Google, uh, Google. Well, no, that's not true. Google Google probably knows how fond I am of the Wegman's brand spicy chicken bites that I used to buy <laughs> and eat every fucking day for a for a good while. Yeah, I think like Google and Amazon have been trading information on me basically just based on the coffee syrups that I used to buy when I had a coffee machine in my flat. So they're like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's really into speculos. Have you ever had speculos? No, what's speculos? It's incredible. It's like a little sort of cinnamony brown sugar kind of biscuit. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, like sometimes you'll get it with a coffee here in some like coffee shops. It's quite popular in like Europe, I think. You get it. Um, you know what? By this, this coffee syrup. I feel like we in the U.S. knock the knock people in the U.K. for their for their uh, their food choices sometimes, but honestly, like. British pastry game is like second only to the French. It's fire. Yeah. British pastries are fire. I uh I love them. Yeah. I was thinking about this today. Uh biscuits as well. You really can't top a biscuit. I watched a video of uh Paul Rudd talking about how much he loved all all these British biscuits, which is really really strange like reality check. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh so I guess we're peach. What's that? I guess we are peach. You're peach, I'm peach. Who's I'm peach. peach? We're, we're uh, the House of Representatives have voted to formalize impeachment, which is, I guess, large and in charge. Yeah, it's as from what I understand. And uh, another thing, that, uh, going back on the thing, we, we, we also normally I feel like we rip into the UK a lot for their politics being understandable. But the US politics is also extremely complex and stupid. And the only reason it doesn't seem complex to you is because you've been a nerd to it. And you being the audience, not you, Matt. Oh no! I studied a bit of U.S. politics uh, yeah. in, in high school, so I, I, I feel like I'm keeping track of it to a point. Uh, yeah, but but, but for like, example, I didn't realize that this this House resolution was not one that had to be pa- that had to pass the Senate for this, which is nice because I know it would never e- it would not it probably wouldn't even make the Senate floor because because bitch McTurtle would just say uh, no, would just say drill voice yeah. no. <laughs> Uh, the House of Represent, yeah, but the House of Reps vote to formalize the impeachment shit, which is good. Uh, passed along the party line, except for two Democrats who defected. Not Tulsi Gabbard, surprisingly, but I digress. Uh, it was just some. De- uh, it was two Dems whose name whose names I don't even fucking remember. One dude who had just been like a no impeachment truther the entire time, but like give it, it's been in- it, it's at the very least I feel like the winds have changed pretty drastically in the last couple months because two months ago this would not have been a vote that could have gotten like half as much support as it did uh, yeah I still have a lot of problems with pol- I, I don't want to sound like I'm coming out here standing the house Democrats but it's it's something it's the first uh first thing that's come up on our scanners of anything like a spine in the Democrats yeah uh, uh speaking of speaking of spines or lack thereof 
Uh, why don't you tell us about Bojo a little bit? Election, baby! Um, well... <laughs> I, I genuinely, like... I, I am kind of... Given the extremely long and tortured election cycle that is in the U.S., I kind of am jealous that the U.K. just sometimes gets uh, elections in six weeks. Politic now. Yeah, you know what? Maybe a year ago, I would have been pretty devastated uh, about an election because, I like, we have just had so many heartbreaking electoral defeats. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I just recently I felt like I think I said this last time I was on. Like, well, because a year, cause a year a ago, because a year ago May was in control, right? Yeah, and 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 it just seemed like she was never going to let loose her grip. And like, I think it was not long before that she'd been like elected again. So, um, snap election is good and bad. Like, um, the reality is like the Tories have such a huge over sixty five voter base that it's. Like dizzying, yeah. but um, almost a third of the three hundred thousand voter res- registrations uh, applications submitted in the last two days have been from voters under twenty five, which is loads. That's, so that's forty five thousand new applicants since Tuesday um, for the electoral register. I'm already uh, registered. Thank you. Um, and get out, for, get out, well, and rock the vote, Britain. The the Scot the Scotland situation at the moment is basically you have to pick between the party full of turfs or the party full of turfs, um, which is great. Um, Joanna Cherry is a pretty prominent um SNP member who was part of like the Scottish legal attempt against Brexit, um, and she's been a pretty vocal turf to the point of like threatening people with litigation for calling her a turf and more tragic, pathetic stuff like oh, that. Oh my God, turfs have the world's thinnest skin. And the Scottish Greens, who would have been the other kind of decent vote, um, have have also basically courted these same, uh, inverted commas, intellectual uh, circles or whatever, like these groups of just middle-class white lesbian yep. women, basically. Yep. Um, um, sorry, this is just the thing that popped into my head. I'm not going to be able to get it out of my head unless I bring it up. Do you remember Kathy Brennan, by any chance? Kathy Brennan. Let me just really quickly see... It came up, Kathy Brennan, wife of something. No? Uh, okay. No. The only reason I bring it up is because I remember that, like, she, like, launched an ex- a huge, quote-unquote, anti-harassment campaign because trans people would not stop calling her a fake goth. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what Joanna Cherry is, but for the, uh, like, I don't know, the uh, political electorate, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the, so the Greens have been kind of turfy so it then falls on basically scottish labor f- for people who care about this sort of stuff who and is, Scot- is is just a scottish labor or is that different no so the current labor leader in scotland is richard leonard and they've they're more traditionally a bunch of blairite like neoliberal sorts in scottish labor but that was because uh it was kind of like a, an attempt to resist the SNP's independence kind of drive. Um, there are some really good Labour candidates. Um, my local Labour candidate in Glasgow is Pam Duncan Glancy, who um, has just been great recently. Uh, has a really really positive um, accessibility policy and um, like obviously like workers' rights and stuff like that are really really strong, which is basically all I want from a Labour candidate, like, obviously the, like, the party political Scottish Labour is not great, but mm-hmm. 
I can only vote for who's in front of me, and she seems great. So that's good. Um, there's polls, <laughs> and um, the Lib Dems are second in every single poll on Earth. Uh, we we had a thing earlier in the week. Um, let me see if I can find it. Of um, a, a survey taken among like I don't know what was it like 450 people, and it was like in su- uh, whichever constituency it was in an election, would you vote for Tory Conservative or or sorry to- <laughs> Tory Conservative is basically what you have to choose from if you're choosing between the Lib Dems and the Tories. But uh-huh. um, yeah, it was. Uh, if you could vote for the Lib Dems or the Conservatives or I don't know <laughs> in the in the in the general election, who would very, you vote very, for? Very balanced, very balanced polling and reporting. Uh, very normal and cool as usual from yep. the Liberal Democrats. Um, there's a lot of really damaging chat about how to vote tactically, and if the Lib Dems have any chance of beating the Tories in your constituency then vote for them instead of Labour which is just like the dumbest thing I've ever heard because the Lib Dems will jump straight into bed with the Conservatives if it's be- if it's between Labour and, cons- and Conservatives for yeah. who wants to form you know that's like a no brainer you're voting for the Tories if you're voting for the Lib Dems yeah basically yeah. Um, um, but they do have a like they're they probably will do well because of the amount of uh, follow back pro EU Twitter accounts that have registered to vote Nice, nice. Yeah, I just, I, the idea of strategic voting just pisses me off so much. Like, I thought it was fucked up when people had to do that on Survivor. And (laughs) it does not, and when you bring it to a larger scale, does, still sucks. (laughs) I feel like I talk, I feel like I say this every day, but like the sooner we just get fucking get rid of first past the post, the better we will be as a world. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, basically. Um. Oh man, that was another one. That was the first, uh, the first vote, uh, election I ever took part in was a vote on a switch to AV from first past the post. And I voted yes because I was in the middle of my, like, A-level politics, which I guess is like, um, I don't know, your, like, senior year of high school. And, um, it, f- it failed miserably because it had basically, it was really, really confusing, uh, election literature and the referendum had been really badly publicized and all that sort of stuff which is yeah. exactly then what what was used as the model for the brexit vote surprisingly um this is not a hot take but politics could really use some like simplifying yep like there is i feel like once a year i read like a lengthy diatribe from a lawyer on twitter about how manipulative eulas are because they are literally unparsable by anyone who is not like a yeah. seasoned lawyer uh, and that's how I feel about most politics, which is like I, I I'm not like a I'm not like a huge brain genius of policy, but like I I, th- I feel like I'm someone who like I, I've been tuned in for a couple of years at least, and I feel like I know some stuff. And like the amount of effort I have to put in to parse what the government tells me is like so frust. What what the government is saying, not even what the government tells me, what the government is saying, the amount of effort I have to put in to parse any of it is yeah. Maddening. Um, I have I I have this really really good book. Ah, here we go. Um, it's called The Politics of Design, and it was published uh-huh. by uh, Ruben Pater. And um, there's lots of stuff about elections. Is it ballot design? Here we go. Um, so you know the whole thing about uh, who was it? This um, Pat Buchanan's and Al. It was the Al Gore uh, 2000 vote. Um, 
The famous Palm Beach County punch card ballot listed the Democrats as second, but voters had to punch the third hole on the ballot. Punching the second hole would cast a vote for the Reform Party. Voting results showed the Reform candidate did extremely well in this county. And of course, that was like the pivotal George W. Bush. Yeah, that was the... Man. Um, So there's the 10 guidelines for better election design. The thing is, oh, talking about the the 2000 election just like always opens a Pandora's box of anger in my head. Like I was, I was not even like conscious of what a politician was when it happened. Yeah. But like reading back on it, I get more and more mad every fucking time. Where yeah. just like the ferocity with which the Republicans were trying to stop the recount. Yeah, and the oh my god, just the entire. It just goes to show they've always just hated being uh, democratic, basically. Yeah, um, I, I feel like when I, I feel like when I was very young, I was like, if we live in a democracy. Why do we? Why is one party the Democrats and another party's not democracy? <laughs> well, you weren't wrong. Yeah, no, the Democrats have not done a great job of, of of upholding it, of upholding that either. But I digress. Um. So what else? Uh, what else as far as UK poll goes? We've got we uh new London election. mayoral candidate Rory Stewart, the darling of every like neoliberal. Uh, Tory sympathizer in the world uh, is still a racist and um, a pair of Irish guys from decidedly not London were referred to by Rory Stewart as a pair a pair of minor gangsters uh, okay cool and good um, sure. so this is I don't know if you know much about Rory Stewart um, but he's a bit of a tragic mess of like the idea of a He's the archetype of what a inverted commas good conservative looks like, which means he still votes against gay rights, but he speaks very eloquently and doesn't say anything. Uh, he doesn't say any slurs because he still says racist stuff. Yeah, but he's not um, racist. He's not racist in his heart. Which no, you, which you can see because you have you have X-ray brain. X-ray. Yeah. Brain. Um. So it's uh, two guys from uh, members of the rap group Hair Screed. Um, Members of the, ref- of the what group? Uh, rap group, Hairspeed, okay. Okay. Um, had been referred to as minor gangsters just in like a sort of press opportunity in London. And he was like, oh, haha, they've told me that I should fuck off instead of running for mayor. Uh, you know, it's nice to be brought back to down to earth by minor gangsters. Um, and these two guys whose name isn't mentioned in this article, which is very helpful, I don't think. Um, Tony Constone and... Uh, Lilo Blues, uh, one of them said that uh, he was trying to take advantage of black boys when it's convenient, then ridiculing them, which is exactly what he did. And fair play to them for calling that out. Um, so Rory Stewart's still racist. There was a, uh, a bio, or not a biopic, what do you call it? A biography of Theresa May that described her as surly. Um, I don't have the link for that anymore, but uh, the, all that frolicking in the fields of wheat clearly... Takes a toll on your soul. Um, We have from last week's um, notes, (laughs) Boris Johnson uh, called the French, uh, inverted commas, turds. Um, He basically begged them to uh, let Britain get the... Or he begged the French government to block the extension request for Article 50 to leave the EU. And when they turned him down, he called them turds. Uh, oh man, I've just got like, this article is just a list of more xenophobic and 
horrific. We don't have to. Uh, yeah, we we can go we can go through it if you want, but I I might also just say to say to you what you said to me, which is we don't have to. Read it. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to find. I I feel like calling French people turds isn't that bad compared to the rest of the stuff. So I want to. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like I feel like Bojo has said like worse things about other about like not only worse things about other people, but like also worse things about the French in like the past month. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, let's move on from that because yeah. uh, I have some uh, more current and more kind of interesting news uh, in in the respect of it's not nice, but. Um, could have a positive, a positive outcome. Um, Nigel Farage is running for government again, even though he said he was done with politics when he completely fucking ruined our country. Um, he, uh, he God, said that's that. For, okay, just, just, just as a recollection, because I was not as, I was not as tuned into international politics, uh, as back then as I am now, but he was the Brexit guy, right? Yeah, he was the face of the Brexit guy. Okay, so he, he, he founded he, UK. He, he got Brexit done, and then he was like, "All right, I'm about to head out," and just fucking yeah, about just like, uh, just like phased out of existence. I'm going to live with my family in France, basically. Um, yeah. No, no, but- Nigel did not die on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> we wish. Uh, so he said that the Brexit party are going to contest every seat with the Conservatives if the Conservatives don't agree to a Leave alliance. Um, so basically, he wants the Tories to say, we're hard, leave. And, um, like, if, if you're not with us, you're against this sort of thing, which is, on the one hand, kind of terrifying. And you never know how much money is going to get pumped into the Brexit party based on the amount of money that got pumped into Brexit. But it seems inconceivable that the Brexit party can win enough votes alongside another pro-leave party. Um, to like leave the EU in the way that they want. So the thing is, is, is if the Tories say, okay, we are going to be like a hard leave, like um, hard Brexit type election campaign, if that's what they choose to run, then they, they probably are going to alienate not only their own voters, but a few of their centre-right members who are, you know, already leaving in droves to the Lib Dems. Yeah. Brexit is, um, tr- Brexit is truly the dark souls of policy. But it means that some uh, kind of working class seats like Hartlepool, which is in the northeast of England. Um shout out my friend Holly if you're listening. Uh I'd be surprised. Uh <laughs> if uh the Brexit party run in Hartlepool against the Conservatives, then Labour will take the vote. It's it's a lot of like like the the thing about Brexit is um and it's not entirely true, but a lot of the um, communities that voted for Brexit are ones that were affected by stuff like Margaret Thatcher's like mass deindustrialization. So it's a lot of like former industrial cities voted for Brexit, um, but those cities have always been quite traditionally Labour, and like that means for Labour, there's a, an opportunity to you know represent these people properly again, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which is great. Um, so like that that's one to keep an eye on and I guess the more and more toxic and horrible this election becomes that will become more of a um, credible threat rather than a potential benefit um, but uh, I mean it's still having a pretty drastically bad impact on like the, the Brexit uncertainty is having a drastically bad impact on jobs in the UK so yeah. um, like the sooner we get a Labour Party with Jeremy Corbyn or someone like him as leader in Office, the better. And it feels as possible as ever, which is to say not very, but... Fingers crossed. Who the fuck knows? 
And uh, you mentioned the turf party earlier. Yes. Turf parties, rather. And yeah. the UK is not the only one dealing with turf problems right now. Uh, uh, this past week, uh, a little bit longer than that, uh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, the Toronto Public Library uh, had mentioned that they were going to be having a, basically just like a turf event. Like there was a turf event that they was going to be hosted at their library. And they were like, the TPL was like, hey, we're not going to stop it. Um, there was a huge protest turnout at yeah. the day of, of just, you know, tons of chants of, you know, trans rights or human rights. Um, sure. they, uh, and they entered the building, walked into the room where the meeting was being held and the cops were called pretty damn quick. Uh, cops arrived and they pretty much no, no actual like barricade was made out of items, but the cops just formed like a fucking red rover line and wouldn't let people through the, wouldn't let people out of the library except for the TERFs. They just kept the trans activist, the trans rights activists in there. And the, the TPL has since uh, said that they're going to have a, a, I believe they said they were going to have like a forum or like a closed doors discussion of their decision of whether or not to platform these things. Cause the TPL is like, uh, that's a, pretty big library and if i'm not mistaken it's also gonna it's also the location of the uh uh tcaf toronto comics and art festival i think that stands for right uh, uh and a lot of people have decided have opted explicitly to not go to tcaf because it is being hosted at the tpl and i don't think this is i don't think tcaf is happy about this either they probably lot like i i bet that they lot they, they i think like most conventions lock down like a year ahead of time their locations and yeah. this, you know, TCAF's in like six months. But, um, you know, hopefully the TPL will change their tune on this and not platform TERFs. Yeah, uh, there, there's absolutely no justification for uh, public libraries uh, platforming TERFs. It's like, it's not in the name of anything that libraries are even in. in like, you know, it's not in the spirit of what libraries are. Yeah, you know? I mean, the I feel like a credo, uh, I feel like a thing I hear about libraries is that libraries are for everyone, but the thing is then you have to deal with the, the intolerance paradox there, which is the, you know, the if you're going to be tolerant of everyone, then you have to thereby allow the, you have to be tolerant to the people who are intolerant of others, and only by being intolerant towards those who are intolerant can you create a welcoming and ultimately tolerant space. Um it's a paradox, quote unquote. It's that I mean, it's just that's what it is. That's what the whole thing is. But it's referred to as a paradox, if I'm not mistaken. Well, sure, but like uh, at the same time, like you can't, uh, th like th there's no tolerance of misinformation, deliberate misinformation for right. from a library. Uh, like libraries are for information, and that means uh, like verified and respected. Not even respected. That's not even what I mean. But like, the, I mean, I study information studies, so I feel like. The, the lesson to be learned is that like humanities are not colonial and like libraries need to be decolonized basically. And, uh, it's just a shit, it's shitty to see this shift, uh, from libraries. And I've seen it sometimes in the UK too, but, um, it's just shit. Turfs are shit. Hello? Yeah. I couldn't hear exactly what you said, but you sounded loud and mad at the very end there. So I, uh, I agree. Yeah. Turfs are shit. Um, Damn, your 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 connection broke up again as soon as you said turfs are shit. That's all I said. <laughs> yeah. Um. We've got. Oh yeah. Uh. PG and E, the company that we discussed uh two weeks ago, showing off power to uh about two million people. Uh. They had to do it again. Uh. For and they might have had to do it a third time. I can't remember if they. I can't remember if they did it last week and this week or just this week. But um. 
the stated purpose uh, wound up, uh, uh, you know, the, the fire still happened because California is currently undergoing a really bad fire. Um, yeah. The tiniest of silver linings is that the Reagan library is about to become a gender neutral bathroom. <laughs> There's a there's an old there's an old uh, uh, an old clip of uh, what's the guy's Gore Vidal I believe um, the, the the it's just a clip of him on like uh, like uh, back on like some late show and he just like tragically the Reagan the Reagan Library burnt down taking with it the two books that were in there but more tr- but even more tragic than that is that Reagan had not yet finished coloring the second book. <laughs> Which is really fucking funny. <laughs> I just burned two books. Rip. Uh, okay. Um, speaking of the Bay Area, Twitter is removing "quote unquote" political ads, which is uh, the, the the thread the Twitter thread that Jack Twitter threw together made it like on paper it seemed like a good idea, but like that's on the most surface possible levels. Because as soon as you get like one iota deeper than the surface level, it's you're you're just it's just fucking bad. But it's it's an obvious response to Facebook being fucking skewered by the by Congress uh, for their stance yeah. on political ads, uh, and it's also going to skew the app even further to the right because Jack Twitter is going to decide what is and is not quote unquote political. Uh, yeah. Because you know, for example, my existence should not be political like me being trans that should not be political but depending on who you ask i am very political it is very political yeah it's it it like twitter won't uh doesn't have the right concept of political for it to make sense yeah uh, and, and, and I, I, saw, I, I saw i saw something that people were being banned um or you can't report stuff now on twitter without you yourself being threatened by the tweet, which is bullshit. Yeah, that's, not, that's nothing. That's nothing new, really. I mean, it's not that you can't report. It's that it's like it, prior. It was not really paid attention to. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, yeah, that's just Twitter having horrible moderation. That's nothing new. Um, I, I do want to be clear. This is just when I when I say political ads. This is meaning that they will not be. There will not be like at, at political politics promoted into uh, pro- politics on promoted tweets anymore. Right. Um, but the thing is that that means that you, that like going back to BP, let's say, uh, what if BP, you know, BP can say, Hey, BP is a great company and we love to sell you gasoline and here's our benefits card that gets you two cents off a gallon. And then, but you could not say run an ad that says BP is responsible for however much pollution and however much whatever, because that's a client, that's climate change. That's politics. Well, just well, if we if we were to really squeeze them on this, like being a billionaire is political. Like having billions of dollars is a political act. So, uh, no, it's uh, not. Gets... Being, having a billion dollars—that's just money. That's not politics. Oh, oh, it's just money. Yeah, I oh. I, I earn sixteen dollars an hour, and but I'm trans, so I'm politics. But Bill Gates is cis, so he's not politics. Bill Gates gives to charity, so he is government. Yeah, uh, he's a different government. He's not our government. Yeah. Wait, no. There's no. Poli- he's not political. There's no. Pol- he's not political. No politics. He's not, he's not politics. Bill Gates. Is oh. Not politics. Oh, how will we ever wrap our heads around this? The next story that we're talking about here is the resignation of Representative Katie Hill. This is in the aftermath of her extremely publicized affair with a staffer of hers, and I uh, the which also came with. 
uh, leaking of revenge, leaking and publicization of revenge porn of her nudes that depicted her show that depicted her smoking a bong, and with a quote unquote iron cross tattoo on her legs. Uh, it obviously is not an iron cross. That's just what every single headline sensationalized it as because. Uh-huh. You know, everything, nothing is an iron cross. No, if, 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 if someone on the right wears something that looks like, an, if someone on the right wears an iron cross, it's actually not an iron cross. It is a, if you check the tapes, it's actually a, 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 a Celtic cross, cross. A Celtic cross. With, and it has slightly, it, the Bezier curves are slightly different on the edges. So it's obviously not Nazism. Whereas like. You know, if this is not, this is probably not what Katie Hill's tattoo was, but like if you have a Red Cross logo inked on you the, the, and you're a leftist, the right will just say, oh, Iron Cross, Nazis. Yeah. But uh, that's I, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I'm uh, that's hitting so a little bit home for me because I tweeted that PewDiePie had an Iron Cross on a, sh- on a hoodie he wore, and I, my replies were just filled with chuds about it for the next two weeks. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's fucking absolutely wild. So um, I want to—I I just want to be clear about this. I feel like this should be obvious, but just in case it's not, I do think Katie Hill did a fuck up because uh, the amount of power that you have as a representative over your staffers, it makes it—it's it, a power imbalance. It's just you know, it's a boss employee dynamic that I don't like. But yeah. this is being she was torn down with the ferocity, and this public—the publicization of revenge porn is just. Like this is not the this is not the last time we are going to see this happening. Yeah, I like am. in this, especially in this internet age, like like Matt, you've taken nudes before, right? Like there you, there exist nudes of you somewhere in the world, right? Yeah, yep, I do too. And I'm not gonna say I like I do not know a person over the age of like 20 who has not taken at least one picture of their ass or whatever. Yeah, and the. <sighs> It's it's not the first time, or it's not the last time this is going to be happening. So yeah, um, and, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's the the her relationship with the staffer was really not that important to her. I mean, her relationship with the staffer was not that pivotal in her decision to resign. The resignation really just kind of came from the fact the I, from what I can tell, at least the res- the humiliation that she was facing at the hands of the publication of that revenge porn. Yeah, yeah, and, and then probably the the. Uh, resulting media circus around it too yep. and that's that's been happening a lot I mean that's been happening a lot to British politicians too is a lot of uh, particularly women politicians in the UK uh-huh. have been uh, have stepped down because of the amount of online abuse and threats yep. that they're getting and it's like at what point like like people are daily getting like te- terrorist threats like uh, having their privacy breached and it seems to me like they're pretty much all on the left because they're the ones that are stepping down and they're the ones that are losing their jobs. Meanwhile, the right are like like fucking Brett Kavanaugh's in the Supreme Court. Yep, Brett Kavanaugh's in the Supreme Court. Donald Trump is in the Oval Office. Like, like you point you point at a Republican, and I will t- and I, you you show me a Republican, and I will show you a rapist. Yeah, like ugh, it's just so upsetting. Like and. Katie Hill was also a, if I'm not mistaken, she was, um, she was openly an openly bisexual U.S. representative. She may have been the first openly bisexual U.S. representative, um, <laughs> if not one of the first. And yeah, uh, you know, this the 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 staffer in question was a woman, which I imagine may have led to this the 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 for, which may have increased the 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 rabidity of 
yeah of people on this but that's That's no question that's just you know that's question marks but um yeah you know (sighs) well but you know what yeah you know what it turns out uh cancel culture is real just kidding it's not (laughs) but barack obama seems to think it is has barack obama canceled it yet uh no, he doesn't have any power anymore. He he he's gone on the record saying, "Sorry, I w- if I could, I would stop mass deportation and drone st- strikes and cancel culture, but I'm not president anymore, so I can't do that." Sorry, slipped my mind. Meant to do it when I was in there, but you know, I can't really go back now. Uh, <laughs> let me let me be clear. Uh I did not say those slurs. Um those the receipts are photoshopped and I just want to be clear that I would never do anything to hurt you. Uh, I am literally crying right now as I type this, and the cancel culture is real and it is harmful. Uh, Ooh, it is soft blocking now. Just heard about cancel culture. God, well, imagine getting soft blocked by Obama. Yeah, <laughs> I should. I should soft block him. He does follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. Like in the in like the early early days of Twitter, like Barack Obama, like this is like in two thousand nine, maybe two thousand ten. Um, Obama's yeah. Twitter would just follow back anyone that dropped him a follow, and so now occasionally, like once every couple of months, I will get a tweet that someone just like screen capped some dumb shit that I said, and at the top of it is recommend like it, it's just like Barack Obama Recommended. follows. <laughs> follows is <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like, That's yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking the, uh, funny um, like the, PewDiePie has an iron cross tattoo or patch on his jacket and it's like Barack Obama follows this account well Barack unfortunately we've cancelled you yep from the inside out uh the, the the most recent tweet is uh hold on never mind I can't find there was a there was a tweet recently that like was really stupid that showed up on Obama follows this account <laughs> uh so what you were saying uh unfortunately for Obama uh, I, w- I wish I could remember. That's fine. Uh, so yeah, Obama just was uh, uh about just our quickness to quote unquote. He didn't say cancel, but canceling. It's amazing you know? how like three big Twitter threads makes people think that uh an entire culture is coming after them. Yeah. Um. He he is quoting he he blasts woke quote unquote uh call out culture. It, I believe were his exact words. Uh, this was at the Obama Foundation subject summit held at the Illinois Institute of Technology. You of know. course, someone at the ba- Obama Foundation summit is there to ask him what he thinks of fucking cancel culture. Yeah, I like. Ugh. And listen, all I'm saying is that the first person, the first Democratic candidate to cite this on the campaign trail needs to have their closet exhumed immediately because there are yeah. going to be barrels of skeletons hiding in there. Yep. yep. Like, you're, you're going to open that person's closet and just be buried in bones like fucking Zaboomafu. <laughs> I mean, we could just, we could just straight up, can we not just cancel Tulsi Grabbard right now and then just... Oh my Can god! We not just have do you, that have now? you listened to the Have you listened to the worst year ever episode about her? Have I listened to the what? Sorry, the worst year ever episode about her. No. Oh, it's it is mind boggling. Um, it's she. There is like a non-zero chance that she is a current member of a cult, and all oh, her staffers are cult mem- are cultists. Like literally. Okay, I'm gonna go and check that out. Yeah, the worst Super year ever is a fun prank. podcast. Not my Lightbringer this week, but I digress. But um, so let's get into the last story we've got going on here. 
Uh, Call of Duty in the headlines again because the the white phosphorus thing was not enough. Uh, Mission failed. We'll get him next time. Yeah. So uh, Call of Duty has gone full. Uh, Russia did it on on this latest campaign on this latest game. Like Call of Duty has always had a shall we say slightly U.S. and U.S. Uh, idolizing yeah. view of war. Jingoistic kind yeah, of. Yeah, jingoistic. The only exception to this is the uh, campaign in the Call of Duty uh, Infinite Warfare, which I genuinely think is like a very good and compelling condemnate, like just a, a very good and compelling story about how there's no, nobody fucking wins at war and all of your friends, all of your friends and coworkers will just die. And also Kid Inter- Harrington is there. Interesting that that would be the one that gamers don't like. That's Yeah. That can't be linked, though. Never mind. Yeah. That's not linked. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, I only watched a little bit of it. It looked very US-centric. Um, yeah, this, I'm pretty it, the, sure they've it's the, it's the remake of modern, Hemsworth. It's, it's the remake of Modern Warfare, which is uh, the first in, like, the... the, the modern Warfare was, like, the big, call, the, the big turning point for Call of Duty... Uh, wait, th- that was like the big turning point for military shooters in general because up to that point they had pretty much just been like World War Two simulators up and down. Yeah, but like Call of Duty one to three was war as hell, and then Call of Duty four was war as cool as hell. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you remember how? Do did you ever play Modern Warfare the first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I played. Do, do you remember, I remember how the not well. the first mission because the first mission is that like we that one on like the ship in the wetsuits. But remember how the second mission of that game like opens with you just like sitting in the backseat of someone's car, driving through the back streets of some Middle Eastern country, and just seeing a yeah. bunch of like crime happening. Like yeah, mach- just like it's it's like I I picked it up when it was for, when it was free on PlayStation Plus, and I was I, I could not like I just was like I'm not touching this anymore. Yeah. But, um, uh, hold on. I'm trying to find, uh, yeah. Okay. So they, in the game, um, it is, there are some parts of it that are, uh, there, there are parts of it that are, you know, ripped from the headlines, but some of it is misattributed. For example, the highway of death in which is the, uh, I believe it was the, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to read straight from this PC gamer article. Uh, on February 26, 1991, U.S. and coalition forces attacked a column of Iraqi army forces as they retreated from Kuwait and tanks and other vehicles. Some report the presence of Palestinian civilians as well, and estimates vary between a few hundred to over a thousand deaths. A U.S. Navy pilot said that it was like shooting ducks in a pond. The U.S. defended the attacks, but was accused of committing war crimes by the former Attorney General Ramsey Clark and others. But in modern warfare, at the Russians... The highway of death happened. Don't yeah, it totally happened. But the the Russians did it, not us. We're we're cool. We're cool. We're America. Wow, for real? Yeah. In that game, the highway of death happened, but Russia Fuck. did it. Oh, that is sickening. And then I've so I've been watching reviews of it, uh, just as part of my you know my YouTube rotations. And every review of that has been like, oh it, yeah, it sort of shies away from from uh from, you know, the fact that war is in the news and they kind of don't say anything. That is very much fucking saying something. That is very fucking political. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But uh, they've got that sweet, sweet deal with the military, so they don't really want to give that up. Activision can fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Activision sucks farts from my asshole. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's going to about do it for the news wrap up for the week. I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about. Did you have anything uh, that we didn't cover? I, I actually, yeah, there was a couple of things from British politics that I maybe wanted to add in. Uh, there was a 
Radio 5, BBC Radio 5 interview with a Labour politician. Um, we can maybe put it on the Twitter or something. But it was uh, this horrible, um, I'm pretty sure she's an ARS host asking the, a Labour uh, candidate questions and he says like you know we need to like deal with the billionaires in this country and she starts uh she immediately is like hang on a minute you don't want billionaires oh, in this I country saw this clip. i was so <laughs> mad i couldn't even make it halfway through it some people in this country dream of being a millionaire and it's like people don't f- are a billionaire people don't fucking dream of being a billionaire people dream of like doing a like of a well-paid job so they can have a good life it's got nothing to fucking do with like having that much ridiculous unrealistic wealth and then she's like you know billionaires make up a 20% of our tax contribution it's like well yeah that that's fair enough but what you neglect to mention there is that like they they also occupy about 99% they should be making up like 95% of the tax contribution if they earn billions like and uh, slightly disappointingly the labour the guy that was on the phone and kind of didn't really stand up to the challenge and, and wasn't like, yeah, but what you're forgetting is that wages are fucking low and like everything's garbage. Um, so, uh, there was that and I think that was the only thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun, that was a fun clip to watch to get mad on a Wednesday morning. It definitely was. Um, so, uh, should I just do the wrap up? Uh, hold on, I just saw a, head- a headline just happened across my dash. I just want to take a look at it, see if it's something worth talking about. Okay, well, bit of a downer, but this is something that I would like to at least discuss. Uh, I'm just going to read straight uh-huh. from the I'm just going to read straight from the transequality.org uh, press release. Uh, the Trump administration announced today that it would abandon civil rights rules for organizations receiving billions in taxpayer dollars. Announced by the HHS this morning, the rule immediately removes any requirement that recipients of grants from HHS enforce non-discrimination rules that prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity, impacting all discretionary and non-discretionary grants across the department. The rule will allow anti-transgender discrimination in HIV and STI prevention programs, opioid programs, youth homelessness services, health professional training, substance use recovery programs, and many other life-saving services addressing crises with a disparate impact on transgender people in the United States. So that's fun. Um, fucking impeach the guy. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, impeachment's too good for him at this point. Fucking just do something, yeah. anything. I'm. Uh, hopefully this gets stopped in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it will. So the winds now, are so changing, now, so baby. Now, so now, if you are, if you want a grant from the H, if you want a grant from the Department of Health and Human Services, you can just you can say fuck trans people and you'll be Gucci. Which I you want to get into light bringers? Um, sorry to suck. I do have a light bringer. Hey, but it's good to know that. Well, it's not good, but it's necessary to know that. Um, would you like to hear my light bringer for this week? I'd love to hear your light bringer. Uh, I found out today that my hometown, Elgin in the northeast of Scotland, set a global record um, for sales at Domino's Pizza in the opening week when it opened <laughs> last year. <laughs> that rules! Is that your light bringer? My, that, my that hometown worker? is the best at eating Domino's Pizza! Fuck. Yes! Um, so that's my light bringer. And I just started a new job where I don't have to work weekends anymore after like five years of not having a weekend off. Nice! Fuck yeah. Uh, 
I've got two Lightbringers this week. My first right. Lightbringer is that I went and saw the movie. Uh, I got three Lightbringers actually. I went to. I did a double feature last night for the first time in my life. I, this is the second time in my life I've been to a double feature, but the first time I've actually watched both of the movies. The time yeah. prior was I watched Maleficent and Transformers Four: Age of Extinction. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't make it through Transformers 4. I, when, when Stanley Tucci showed me the, the Beats by Dre headphones or whatever, I was like, <laughs> I'm, dipping out. I'm I'm done with this movie. <laughs> uh, I am ahead of it. But uh, the double feature I saw yesterday was Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Hell yeah. Uh, starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Uh, fucking tremendous movie. So, like... Like it was exact. It was a lot like The Witch to me in that it was. Uh, it was not as slow of a burn as The Witch, but it was still pretty slow. It was incredible. Um, the if my one recommendation though is that Willem Dafoe is doing maximum grit to his voice and also maximum Irish accent. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's Irish accent at least. I'm very bad at telling what accents are. He has an he has an accent in that movie. Um, and it is very strong. If you can find a, if you can happen across a showing that has subtitles, I would recommend it just because it gets, if you are not, if you are in the States, at least, if you're, if you're from across the pond, you probably can make out what he's saying pretty easily. But there were a couple of scenes where I just couldn't really make it out when he was like, Matt, that's what a friend of mine said that she watched it and she, uh, she was like, I can't wait to watch it again with subtitles. So (laughs) that sounds about right. I, I got most of it. I got I got all the important stuff. And the way that the last ten to fifteen minutes of that movie are like fucking incredible. Um, and then cool. the other movie that I saw as part of the as part of the uh, double feature was Parasite, Bong Joon Ho's new film. Oh yes, which was genuinely tremendous. I think yesterday might be like the best day of movies I've ever done in my life. Um, That's gnarly. And yeah, Parasite was. Uh, I I I hesitate to quote reviews, but there was like a review floating around that referred to it as like a necessary film about class struggle. And yeah, 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 it's extremely that. I can't recommend it enough. It is hilarious. It is. Yeah, the line from that. I don't want to say anything the, else. I want to say one little quote, if you if you don't mind. From I'll, that. I'll permit it. Because the uh, the mum in Parasite says uh, money is an iron and. Yeah, I was like, fucking yes, it is, actually. Like, sitting there like, I agree. I agree the fuck out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I also saw some people on Reddit being very wrong about that movie, but I'm not going to say anything further about it. Go because, watch it. Yeah, don't, don't look it up. Just don't get spoiled on anything. Just go see the movie. No movie has ever taken my breath away like Hereditary. Like, liter- Hereditary literally took my breath away. Parasite is the first movie since, that, since Hereditary that has come close. Hell uh, yeah, I loved... Uh, uh, this is officially a hashtag bonghive podcast then. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Bonghive. <laughs> uh, uh, so shout out the, the bonghive. My third, my third light bringer is... Uh, tomorrow is one year anniversary of me taking home my beautiful baby bearded dragon, Smile. Uh, he is just a bringer of light into my life, and I love him. Hell yeah. That's great. Pets rule. Pets uh, rule. Is that going to do it for this week's episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die? Not a threat. I believe it is. 
Okay, so let's wrap up. We are HKIPGTD everywhere. That's Twitter, that is Facebook, that is, I think we have a Tumblr. Yeah, we have a Tumblr. Uh, that is Gmail, and that is Patreon, where you can go if you would like to support the podcast. Uh, $1 a month gets you access to any and all bonus content that we do. 5 bucks a month gets your name right on the podcast, and a special user status in the Discord. $10 a month gets you an even more special user status in the Discord, and you can listen live, like we have one person doing right now. And we had another person doing before I did my funny leak spin joke at the top of the episode. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much to hold on Patreon is being slow thank you very much to hmm Burgermeister Stephanie Ruff Pregnant Seinfeld David Besser Alex Schaup Six Arm Sweater uh uh Win Win sorry uh let me try that again Six Arm Sweater Win Bryce A Sexual Fish Tank Ashinu, Alex Hoot, Maximilian Rower, Tufster McGee, Bryant, Nick Clarkson, Cadejo, Flo Siegel, Destry Hawk, Pierre the Disaster, The Tallest Jew, Michael Weems, Non-Binary with Left Beef, Summergeist, Dijonese, Chaz Goblin, and Paul Blart Flesh Cart. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, eh, thank you very much to the taxpayers for the use of our intro music, Evil Men, off of the album Cold Hearted Town. It slaps. Thank you very much to Matt GameCube uh, and Noisepace.xyz for hosting this and many other podcasts, such as my other podcasts, Fear Baiting, which just wrapped up Schlocktober, and uh, The Wonder Yerks, which is an Animorphs podcast that I do with my friends Blair and Seda. Um, but, 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 uh, if you want to find me elsewhere, I'm also on Twitter at SunHatGenia, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A, and I think... Oh, yeah, and thank you to uh, the uh, Reddit user Bisexual Punch Party for maintaining our subreddit. We love you. Uh, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on subcity.org slash shows slash me, myself, and IMDB, where I do a, a movies podcast that's currently on hiatus, but will be coming back soon. Uh, you can find me at Matt L. Stephen, PH, on Twitter, and uh, you can find me on my PlayStation 4 if you're dangerous enough. Hell yeah. All right. Um, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat. Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. Hey. Hey. Twelve. 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 Whoa. I just found twelve bricks. I just found twelve bricks. Damn. Yeah. Looking on the side. Looking on the side. On the road. On the road. There it go. There it go. Twelve bricks. Whoa. Gonna make a flow. Gonna make a flow. Gotta make a count. Gotta get it. Oh my God. Oh my God. What the.